This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm your host, Ben Kurkowski, and today there is big news all over that we want to talk about. The biggest thing we're going to go through today, a little bit of Aaron Rodgers update. Um, we're going to talk about the overall consensus draft board, kind of look at some data over the last couple of years, why that's important. And then, uh, honestly, just identifying great value players on the offensive side of the football as we are very, very close to the NFL draft and kind of hedging our bets for the future, whether or not Jordan Love becomes the guy we hope he is or if he kind of falls and doesn't become the guy we <laughs> really wish he was. And so we're going to start today with an Aaron Rodgers trade update. The big news in the Aaron Rodgers trade is sources have made it clear what the Packers are seeking in a trade. And it sounds like they have been holding their ground throughout this process. And it's honestly the ideal trade package based off everything we know. Gudikins wants a second round pick this season and a first round pick in 2024 for Aaron Rodgers. This is essential. And this is the basis for how you build a franchise that is always going to be competitive. And that's by having multiple first round picks for future NFL drafts. And that's exactly what Brian Gutekinds is asking for. Uh, we look at other teams who have done this recently. The Eagles have consistently been a team vying for Super Bowls in kind of a roller coaster ride type of way. But they can do that because they are constantly having multiple first round picks and this allows them to always be ready to make a splash move when the time is right. This came out to be true last year when the Eagles were able to go all in and trade a first round pick for AJ Brown and still have a first round pick for Jordan Davis and still have two first round picks this year because the Eagles were okay with trading back with the Saints and they still made the Super Bowl last season. The Packers can set themselves up the exact same way with a trade like this. This could allow the Packers to try Jordan Love out, provide him with a quality offensive line, plus enough receiving weapons to truly see what Jordan Love is capable of. And if he's great, awesome. Um, if, if he is the real deal, we'll have a lot of ammunition to make this a very talented roster very quickly, ready to compete for a Super Bowl in 2024. But if he stinks, the Packers will have the trade capital to trade up for a top rookie quarterback in 2024 with those two first-round picks. And truly, the value for the Packers is in the 2024 NFL Draft. This draft is not very strong. It doesn't have the for-sure things you want. And if there was a best value place in, the, in the, this draft, it would be early on in the second round with a lot of talented, similar-level type of players from picks 50 or 15 all the way to like pick 50. And this should allow the Packers to pick up one more talented player who kind of is falling through the cracks with that extra second round pick from the Jets. Okay, and so I think it's very important to realize the Packers, you know, some of the news early on is like the Packers are asking for too much, they're doing this, but really, really what it seems like has happened. This is what happened. The Packers and Jets agreed on a trade. Second round pick, future first round pick. Then... They agreed on a trade. 
Then the Jets went to talk to Aaron Rodgers and were like, yep, this is going to be good. They're figuring it out. And then, and then Woody Johnson, Jets owner, was like, wait, Aaron Rodgers, you might retire next year. And then he was freaking out and then totally pulled away. The sucky part about all this is it's called negotiating in good faith. And what the Jets did is they said, yeah, we'll give you a second round pick and we'll give you next year's first. But that really wasn't the case here uh, because they said that they went and negotiated with Aaron Rodgers. They want Aaron Rodgers. And now they're like, oh, wait, actually, we only want to give you this much. And that's not what that's supposed to be. The, the, what is supposed to happen when it means negotiating in good faith means, hey, we agreed on a trade. Here it is. Let's let me just go talk to Aaron Rodgers. Just feel like we're on the same page with everything. Like this could work. And then, yep, that's the trade we're doing. If if the Jets did not agree to that, the Packers would not have allowed the Jets to go and talk to Aaron Rodgers because that's just that's that's called tampering. It's illegal. But the Packers agreed to make it okay because the Jets had agreed to trade capital in place. And then the Jets totally pulled out and they totally are trying to scam the Packers and the Packers are holding strong to their game. This is important. They need to because this extra first round pick could make a significant difference in the Packers ability to, to rebuild this franchise moving forward. Because right now the Packers, unless, unless, which is a very small percentage chance, but unless Jordan Love is an elite quarterback this year, you know, top 10 quarterback, the Packers have no chance at a Super Bowl this season. I, I, I truly believe that. And, uh, and because of that, I think that, uh, really we should be trying to set ourselves up to have the most success in 2024. And so getting an extra first round pick next year could help a long way to rebuilding this team and making it as competitive as possible as soon as possible. In this scenario, if the Packers were able to get an extra second-round pick, a future first-round pick, the Packers, for example, could grab a Jackson Smith and Jigba, for example, at pick 15, then maybe get a right tackle of the future in Dewan Jones, and a Addy Adebowale, a, a guy who I think needs some time to develop but could be a special player for sure. Dewan Jones, a guy who could help us out big time in year two as well after David Bakhtiari is most likely gone next offseason. I love those types of selections because of those uh, considerations. And... There is a big, and this is a big consideration for the Packers I do want to talk about, and that is the future of David Bakhtiari. Um, Right now, Bakhtiari is almost guaranteed to not be a Packer based off his current contract in 2024. Bakhtiari is owed over $40 million on the cap. The Packers could save $21 million if we cut him next offseason. Bakhtiari almost will guarantee, is guaranteed to be cut next offseason, and a team could possibly trade for him, but the Packers won't have really any serious leverage to keep him knowing his current cap cap number. And back to Bakhtiari actually was on an interview the other day, speaking on the Aaron Rodgers trade situation. And honestly, he didn't sound like a guy who was playing for the Packers any longer than he has to. He does not seem happy about the situation. He believes the Packers are in a rebuild. He actually believes that the fans believe that they're probably more than likely going to suck this year. And he doesn't even use language that associates him with the Packers. He uses language like, they referring to the Packers, they okay, uh, throughout that interview, even when he's talked about, even when he talked about the state of the overall team just being in a rebuild, I just didn't like it. Not many people jived with it. I could see the Packers front office seeing this as a huge issue. Uh, I don't think Bakhtari is going to be a part of this team past 2023. 
And honestly, let's say Bakhtiari is having an amazing season and it's week eight and the Packers are two and five. The Lions are seven and oh and leading the division, a team like the Eagles, the 49ers, the Jets, the Bills, Dolphins, one of these top teams that are all in lose their starting left tackle. Bakhtiari seems like he's the best left tackle in the league, let's say. He's, he's having a great start of the year. He hasn't been injured yet. Yeah, he doesn't practice a few times a week, but for he's played every game, and he's played really, really at an elite level again. He's got another year on his contract. Part of that is already paid out by the Packers. Would a team be willing to trade a first-round pick because they are desperate? They think they can win a Super Bowl, and maybe not that desperate, but we saw the Rams who were desperate. They thought, Hey, we got to win a Super Bowl this year. And they trade a second round pick for Von Miller for half a season. That could be realistic here because what you'd be trading for is David Bakhtiari for half a season and another year at $21 million, which is market value. If he's playing at the a league elite level, like top five, top two offensive left tackle in the NFL, that's not a, that's not asking a lot. A team could do that, especially if they lose a guy that they need and they believe this is the year for a Super Bowl. So I really like that option is moving on from Bakhtiari midseason. This guy's dealt with so many injuries. He doesn't want to be a Packer. Get this move on. Take advantage of a team that is totally desperate and thinks they're right on the edge of winning on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl, that would be amazing. The Packers already have a couple of offensive tackles they really like on the roster. Zach Tom, when he played left tackle last season, he had an 85.2 pass blocking grade, which is really, really good. I believe Tom could be our future starting left tackle. And in the meantime, I think he can start on the right side. That leaves the Packers still with Josh Nijman, but I, I personally am not a fan of Nijman. He's a replacement level offensive tackle to me. Um, I think the Packers should be looking to trade him prior to the season starting. And that leaves the Packers with Rasheed Walker and Caleb Jones, who didn't have any regular season snaps last regular season, but two rookies who did show a lot of promise in the preseason. One of these two, I think, have the potential to possibly, in another year or so, step up, grow into a another swing tackle, tackle type of player like Josh Nijman has been for us. And now, should you bet on either of those three guys or two guys really paying off? Probably not. So if the Packers truly believe Bakhtiari is not on this roster in 2024, no matter what, the Packers might try to grab an offensive tackle um, in this draft. And we're going to kind of, I want to jump into this today is I want to talk about um, some guys on the offensive side of the football that really stand out to me. And it starts with a conversation around the overall consensus draft board. What this is, it's a culmination of hundreds of draft boards in order to create one draft board, ranking the players just like a normal draft board would. And here you see how the consensus values these players. Why is this important? This gives you an idea where you are valuing players compared to the rest of the NFL. And it can give you an idea how you can get the most players you love by using your draft capital efficiently. For example, this is why this is super, super important. There's some hard data here that I've done over the last three years or from 2019, 2020, and 2021 NFL drafts. And some of those, are, we have two years of sample size, three years, and four years of sample size. So a lot of sample size to take from here. And in every single draft since 2019, we see that NFL GMs would be happy with their, their selection on steals. Steals are players who fell and were picked significantly further down than expected quite a high percentage of the time. So GMs were happy a high percentage of the time when they took guys who were, for example, let's say they were the 23th player on the overall consensus draft board and someone got them at 30 
for example. That would be considered a steal. So in 2019, of the steal picks, 57.1% of NFL GMs would most likely make that same pick today. 2020, 29.6% of GMs would make the same move. Uh, That was a weak draft class, but again, uh, it's still, you're going to see it's better than the other side of the coin. 2021, 43.2% of GMs would do that same move again. So in three NFL drafts, the percentages are kind of all over, but for the most part, more successful than the average draft pick. Um, But let's compare them to the reaches. These are players that were drafted significantly higher than the overall consensus board said they should go. So for example, um, a player gets drafted at 20 overall, but the consensus draft board said, hey, you should have not been drafted until pick 40. Okay. Um, And so these are reaches. Uh, GMs picked them way before the consensus assumed they would be drafted. In 2019, 26.5% of GMs would make their reach pick again versus that number I said earlier, 57.1% of GMs would do that steal pick again. So that's a 30.6% increase in success rate if you simply do not reach on players on the consensus draft board but instead you are um, going for steals guys who are falling down the board in 2020 20.5% of GMs would do this again versus 29.6% of GMs would do the steals again not as significant but still a 9.1% gap in success rate that's still that's still really good you would take that any time of the any any time of the week And then 2021, 23.6% of GMs would do their reach pick again compared to 43.2% for the steals. That's a 19.6% difference in success rate overall between the three drafts. That's an average increased success rate of 19.8%. So almost 20% of the time as a GM, you're going to be more likely to be happy with your selection simply by using the overall consensus draft board as a reference to your advantage to select players that are falling down the draft board instead of reaching on players that are the consensus is saying, hey, hold up a second. These are not that good of players. Don't draft them yet. So what does that mean for the Packers in this upcoming draft? I want to identify my favorite values in this draft according to to the consensus board, according to how I rank these players by position, starting with this podcast on the offensive side of the football. So this doesn't mean, hey, these guys are the best players at each position in the draft. No, this is the best value I'm seeing in the draft. And those two things are entirely different. But if I'm a betting man, I'm an investment man, I'm always going to try and get as many deals, best value options as I can to hope they can, more of these options, one of them, two of them, three of them can really pay off. And so really to take advantage of this, it really all is going to happen on the day of the draft, which which guys are falling and ensuring your staff knows all the possible red flags about these players that are falling, why they're falling, and when is the best time to scoop them up. Right now, for our purposes, pre-draft, what I am going to do today is find players I really like in this draft and see how the consensus likes them. For example, maybe I have a second-round grade on a player, but he's number 90 on the overall consensus draft board. So being able to notice that, and instead of using my second-round pick on that player, I should be patient, wait till the third round, the end of the third round, and try to get him then. So starting at the quarterback position, the QBs are thought of very highly in this draft class even Hedden Hooker who I loved originally has shot up draft boards as a um as of lately really leaving only one player who I think has a huge chance to outplay his draft 
position, and that is Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, everyone knows him. He led two national championships the last two seasons, led the best and most talented team in the country the last two years. I think even amidst his many mistakes and a lack of maturity, he deserves a chance at the next level. He's 25 years old, so he's actually older than Jordan Love is, I believe, right now. He has okay athleticism if you look at the combine, but according to GPS speeds, he had one of the fastest GPS uh, recorded speeds for a QB all of last season in the Auburn game on his 60-yard run. Um, so he is fairly athletic. He's shorter, 5'11", 192 pounds. Um, but that is not representative. His weight, his size is not representative as representative of his arm strength at the combine. He actually had one of the most impressive series of deep ball accuracy of all the QBs there better than the likes of CJ Stroud, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. I think Bennett has the potential to be a quality backup quarterback that honestly could hold his own with a decent football team around him. Like he had at Georgia. And since he's currently the 194th ranked player, we're talking about using a six round pick on him. That is totally worth that type of draft pick. So I really like Setson Bennett as a value add at the quarterback position. At running back, the one guy I want to mention is Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. Currently, he's the 140th player on the overall consensus draft board. He came to the Senior Bowl and totally stood out all week. He showed how he was able to rack up over 1,300 yards rushing, 6.4 yards per carry in college. This last season, he was quick, sudden. He had great open field moves. He was a poor pass blocker in college, but one of the but I, even though that is true, that's that's something that is important in the NFL. He had one of the best receiving grades in the country with an 83.2 receiving grade and an elite 92.4 rushing grade in 2022. So two major things, able to catch the ball in the backfield, make a difference as a receiver and an elite runner. Those are the two major things you do as a running back. Obviously, you'd like him to be a better pass blocker, but that is something he might be able to learn in his rookie season behind an AJ Dillon behind an Aaron Jones when he's not going to be getting a lot of snaps last year, he had 15 rushes of 20 plus yards, which was tied for fourth in all the FBS. He's a violent runner. That reminds me of Isaiah Pacheco. Okay. I love Pacheco last year. I was like, why is he a seventh round pick? This guy's a steal, get him. And he went on to lead the chiefs to a super bowl in some capacity. If you can get gray in the fifth round, I think he can be an all around running back who you develop as a pass blocker, as a rookie. And he could take over as the starter in 2024, as the committee guy with Aaron Jones, with A.J. Dillon leaving this offseason. Now, on to the receiver position. The Packers want to invest in this position. I'm going to name a few guys that are ranked lower down this board that I still like than probably a few guys ahead of them. Obviously, Jackson Smith-Jigba is my guy. I love him. He's currently the 12th ranked player, so if the Packers could get him at 15, 15, that would still be a good move. But I know we have talked about him a lot, so let's move on to some other players. And the first is Tank Dell out of Houston. Dell is five foot eight, 165 pounds. But even though that is true, that he is super, super small, at the Senior Bowl, he proved he was one of the best receivers in this draft class. He had an 84.4 receiving grade in 2022, seven contested catches, 17 touchdowns, which led the uh, the uh, FBS, and he broke 19 tackles this season. He had the sixth fastest time at the Senior Bowl, over 20 miles per hour. Every single rep at the Senior Bowl on was him with him out there was just cooking somebody. And on the whole, over the week, he had a 90.4 receiving grade, which was elite. And that was significantly higher than any other receiver there. He had a lightning quick release. He can get to top speed almost immediately. He can stop on a dime and has elite body control. This is a 
Easy second round pick to me. Next to Sean Jackson, maybe even more. He's an insane punt returner as well, just like Jackson was. As And that's just another boost to how he can help a football team. And while he's short, he does have an above average wingspan, which is probably more important than someone's height anyways. He had a 1-4-9, 10-yard split, and we saw that on the field at the Super Bowl with how fast he got off the line of scrimmage and how fast he can get to top speed. Dell is currently ranked as the 75th player on the consensus board. And so that's a third round pick. I think he can be a great weapon for an offense, especially out of slot. I thought he would be worthy of a second round pick. So if consensus values him in the third round, the Packers shouldn't draft him in the second. They should wait till the third and see if he falls because of his size. And there's actually a whole group of receivers around this range. I really like the guy who falls is the guy I would grab. The next one is Jonathan Mingo, Old Miss, 87th ranked player on the overall consensus board, six foot two, 220 pounds, huge hands, over 10 inches, 446, 40 yard dash, dash, which is super fast for his weight at 220 pounds. Very explosive with his jumps as well. This is to me your next Alan Lazard replacement, a big oversized receiver who can help all over the field and can surprisingly win deep and win in contested situations as well. Mingo is also just only turning 22 early in May after the draft. So this guy is fairly young and I really like it. I think he's, and honestly, I hate to scout the helmet, but this is an Ole Miss 6'2", 220-pound receiver. If that does not remind you of A.J. Brown at all, I don't know what does. Obviously, he didn't have the tackle-breaking ability A.J. Brown did, but this guy is a stock dude with giant hands. He's pretty darn quick. He's really explosive. I really like this value. Again, later in the third round, um, if he's fallen down the board uh, or maybe in the fourth. Um, and then Michael Wilson out of Stanford. Stanford, We've talked about him before. He's the 107th ranked player, multi-year captain. He came to Senior Bowl, had a very good week. Um, he uh, just understands route running incredibly well. Uh, he is a big dude, six foot two, 216 pounds, a little smaller than Mingo. Um, and the thing about Wilson is he probably has the best release package in the draft. He is one of the best route runners in the draft when he has been healthy. And he had a 1-5-10 yard split at 216 pounds, which is really, really fast. Is the fourth fastest time of any receiver in this entire draft class. Um, very similar to Tank Dell, but 50 pounds heavier. So that's insane. So with these three guys, I think the consensus is not valuing, valuing them highly enough. And... I think drafting these guys could be a really good move for the Packers if they do continue to fall um, down the draft board. The Packers pick at 116 in the fourth round, and maybe one of these three are available, and the Packers can get a really good depth receiver. At the tight end position, a huge need for the Packers as well. I would love to draft one of the top three tight ends at the top of the second round. That would be ideal. But the question remains, what's the best value? And I think getting either Zach Kuntz, the 117th ranked player, or Luke Schoonmaker, Schoonmaker, uh, Schoonmaker, uh, the 129th ranked player, would be incredible value at the tight end position. So Zach Kuntz, Old Dominion, was the most athletic tight end at the draft. He had a 94 athleticism score out of 100. He set combine records for tight ends of six foot seven of at the height of six foot seven since 2003. So the tallest guy there, four five four or four five five 40 yard dash, second fastest 40 in this class among tight ends, broad jump. 10 foot eight, first among all tight ends, first in this draft. Vertical jump, 40 inches, first among all tight ends, first in this draft. He missed a lot of 2022 due to injury, but he had a 78.1 receiving grade in 2021. We assume that would have improved this year. 
six foot seven, 255 pounds, 34 inch hand, arms, uh, over 10 inch hands, a great three cone, six to eight, seven, first in class. So this guy can change direction with a great short shuttle as well. Four, one, two, second in this class to me, this guy could be the next Mike Gesicki type of player. Okay. And he even led the bench press 23 reps, uh, with those really long arms is super impressive, which shows how strong he really is as well. Koontz is an athletic freak and and the fact that he should be available with our first fourth round pick, I believe would be a steal. And then same with Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan, 10, seven broad second in this class, four, two, seven short shuttle, fourth best 251 pounds. He had a six, eight, one, three cone as pro day. That's 95th percentile. He had a 97th percentile broad jump, 10 yard split, 80, 10 yard split, 81st percentile. Schoonmaker is very athletic as well. Not as athletic as Coons, but he's a more ready-made NFL tight end coming out of Michigan. I think it's essential to draft one of these two athletic tight ends in the fourth round, either Schoonmaker or Coons, and both to me seem to be great value based off guys I love who are just lower on the consensus draft board. Now, let's move finally over to the offensive line. On the interior, Cody Mock out of NDSU is my favorite value here. He's currently the 53rd overall player on consensus. Mock came on my radar at the Senior Bowl where he was voted Offensive Lineman Practice Player of the Week. The former tight end gained almost 70 pounds to play offensive tackle at NDSU from 220 pounds coming in as a freshman. He added weight all the way to be above 300 pounds. He crushed it at NDSU at and yes, that is an FCS program. It's a smaller program. He had elite two elite seasons in a row at left tackle there. He even uh, showed up and played very, very well last year against Jared Verse, a projected top five pick in 2024. And then he came to the Senior Bowl and practiced on the interior offensive lineman uh, on the interior offensive line all week, and where he's never played, and he dominated that entire week. Because of his history at left tackle throughout college, he has three position flexibility, which the Packers love, but he most likely is going to play on the interior in the NFL. That's why he practiced there at the Senior Bowl um, because of his short arms. And I think what makes Mock worth taking a chance on is his athleticism. At his pro day, he had a 7-1-2-3 cone that's faster than Tyler Linderbaum, who was one of the most athletic centers of all time, and he performed greatly in year one, even though he was undersized in that Ravens offense. To me, he's a must-have guy in my football team. He is raw. He is young. He got better throughout college. He started at left tackle throughout college, which I love. Um, I think, to me, I'm developing him to be my next starting right guard, starting center. He can play any position for me in a pinch. I like the idea of him replacing JRJ in 2024 and or Josh Myers as our starting center in 2025, depending on how the next year or two goes and some other players as they develop on our interior offensive line. With a mid to late second round pick, Mock could be a steal for sure to me. And there's one more interior offensive lineman I have to mention, and that's City Sal out of Eastern Michigan. He's an older prospect. He's almost 25 years old, but he has had 55 starts in his career, so he's very experienced. Six foot five, 323 pounds, giant hands, over 10 inch hands. That's important to get your mitts on guys. And he has great arm length, over 33 inches, a wingspan that's in the 79th percentile, 90th percentile, 40 yard dash, vertical broad jump in the 92nd percentile, a good short shuttle, 67th percentile as well. He was never elite in college as a player, which scares me a little bit, but his athleticism overall is just elite. Number 231 on the overall consensus board. That's just a seventh round pick for a chance to grab a reliable backup swing guard with the potential to develop into a starting offense guard for you in the future with quality coaching. 
um, to develop his athleticism. You have to realize this guy plays at Eastern Michigan. What kind of coaching are you getting at Eastern Michigan? Okay, this guy has the athleticism to be special. Get him in the building. See what he has. Uh, um, see what he has. And the final position is offensive tackle. I like the options the Packers have at OT, but like we talked about at the start of this podcast, Bakhtiari is most likely gone after the season. Nijman is only on the second round tender tag, and nothing tells me he's a guy I would put any more money into. Honestly, I wish the Packers would have simply just signed Jermaine Illuminor for $3 million to compete as our starting right tackle, let Zach Tom train at both right and left tackle, and have Elton Jenkins train at both left tackle and left guard, and then have traded Yash Nijman at this point to a desperate tackle team for a third round pick. There are two, there's one guy I want to mention at offense tackle, and I almost mentioned him earlier in a different podcast, and then I decided not to, and that's Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. He is my favorite value guy. Jones is currently the number 41 overall player, and what makes Dewan so special is his length. He is the longest wingspan ever at 90 inches, which is equal to seven foot five, and that type of length plus the size at six foot eight, 370 pounds, no one can get past this guy. He can get his 98th percentile hands on you, and then these pass rushers are just stopped in their tracks. And even if someone gets into Dewan Jones at 370 pounds, his anchor is so strong, they can't even push him back. You can't bull rush this guy. This guy's basically unbeatable off the edge unless a super fast, super short guy gets around him. And that's going to be a problem for him in college or in the at the NFL level. But you can scheme around that. You can scheme around that when you have that Nolan Smith type of player across from him. Obviously, he's a dominant run blocker. This guy is a very smart player, high IQ. He dominated Monday of Senior Bowl week and then just acted like a coach the rest of the week, calling out pass rush moves for offensive linemen before they would even come. He's quick. He's a very quick thinker. This could be, to me, the next Orlando Brown, but even a fairly more athletic version. He posted a video of himself dunking late last week. This guy is can do it all. Weight is an issue for DeWant. He refused to weigh in at his pro day, and these big offensive tackles are concerning because of injuries. But we are not talking about a top 15 pick like the Jets had an offensive tackle Mekhi Becton. We're talking about an early second-round pick to secure one of the most important positions on your offensive line, right tackle. This is not a top... 15 pick we're talking about here this is a early second round pick which you don't want to waste but the potential is too great and the chances of things going sour definitely are possible but it's worth the chance here the Packers could snake him up with one of their second round picks and feel really good about it and secure their starting right right tackle for the next four years so even looking at the guys I just mentioned I think that are being very underrated you can see a scenario where the Packers could jump on a few of these guys. The Packers could grab a quality backup quarterback in Setson Bennett with a sixth-round pick. Running back Eric Gray as a fifth-rounder to be our future um, complimentary running back Darren Jones. Receivers Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first, and then getting one of these four players in the fourth round, whoever falls to the Packers, and Jonathan Mingo, Michael Wilson as an Alan Azard replacement, or one of the two truly athletic tight ends in Zach Koontz or Luke Schoonmaker. Then securing our offensive line, uh, for now and for the future with our second round pick drafting offensive tackle Dewan Jones and with our third round pick drafting Cody Mock and drafting City Sow, an athletic freak backup interior offensive lineman with one of our seventh round picks. Right there would be an incredible draft cut class just looking at the offensive side of the football for the Packers. A draft like this would get me very excited 
yes, we would miss out on a top tier tight end, which could be an issue, but possibly the Packers are able to acquire an extra second round pick from the Jets in a Rodgers trade and they get the tight end that falls them like a Darno Washington, a Dalton Kincaid, a Michael Mayer who falls out of the first round. This would be an ideal draft. And like I always say, would give us the best idea of how good Jordan Love truly is. We talked about this at the start of the podcast, but if Jordan Love can't find success with a team like that around him, then we will know it's time to move on. And what this draft really does is allow the Packers to move on from other players in 2024. Okay, the Packers can cut Bakhtiari, save $20 million next season. They don't have to re-sign J.R.J. or Yashwajan as they are simply mediocre offensive linemen. They don't have to re-sign A.J. Dillon, a, a second contract running back, which you never should. They will have young weapons de- developing all over at receiver and tight end, and we already would have starters all over and be one of the most promising young offenses in the NFL. I think we would have a top five group of receivers, Watson, Dobbs, Jackson Smith, game-changing tight ends as a sixth offense tackle basically with Darnell Washington with an athletic uh, tight end behind him and Zach Coons, a perfect compliment, a great one-two punch at running back with Aaron Jones and Eric Gray, a top five offensive line in the NFL with Zach Tom, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, Cody Mock, Dewan Jones. With so much set on the offensive side of the football with zero holes, the Packers would be able to trade up to get the QB they desire in the 2024 NFL draft. And as of right now, they are projected to end up with pick number eight overall and should have an extra first-round pick from the Aaron Rodgers trade. The Packers are set for the future. And if the Packers believe Jordan Love is the guy, they will have a shot to grab two more difference-making players to make this a Super Bowl team right away in 2024. They could grab a tight end in Brock Bowers, the best tight end prospect of all time to pair up with Darnell Washington once again. Or they could grab one of these other elite receivers who are coming out in next year's draft, who probably all are better than the receivers in this year's draft, if, if Romeo Dobbs doesn't become that guy we wanted him to. Or we could grab an elite edge rusher in Jared Verse to be the future next to Rajon Gary and have a Preston Smith uh, transition to be a part-time player. There's so much that can happen with this draft. This draft is so, so important. These next two drafts are so, so important. So being able to maximize Aaron Rodgers' trade value and the Packers sticking strong, uh, sticking to their guns, being like, okay, Jets, you told us you're going to give us a second round pick. You're going to give us a future first round pick. Yes, we can give you maybe a, a compensatory 2025 third round pick if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for you in 2024. Sure. But they got to get this done. They got to get this trade done because there is the Packers have an opportunity right now, as you can see, to make this a team that we will know for sure whether Jordan Love is the guy or not. And we have a chance to build one of the best youngest rosters in the NFL when it comes to how young this team is and where it is headed. The trajectory of the trajectory of the Packers is very, very promising moving forward as we look at the NFL draft. So that's all we have today, folks. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now next time we will go through the defensive side of the football over uh, and looking at value on the overall consensus draft board but that is all we have today thanks guys